When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get your podcasts. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring Happy Mondays with two-for-one Happy CBD Cocktails, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, CMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Right, hour number two, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you up until noon, bottom of the hour. They're about Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on Iowa's got a really good piece on Greg Eisworth and Jack Kerner as they try to make their way to the NFL. Uh, neither one of them invited to the Combine, but it's a long read. It's a good read. Scott Dockerman coming up at the bottom of the hour. I'm assuming Big Ten Media Rights will be part of that conversation as well. Right now, let's talk some baseball each and every Monday at 11.05. Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com clears his schedule to talk to Trent and I. And he joins us. Matt, Trent, Ken, thanks for coming on, Matt Snyder. How are you? I'm great. You know, it's okay. This finally feels like you're into the grind of the season, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's not the dog days of summer or anything, but when we get Patriots Day in Boston, the game in the morning, like that finally feels like, hey, now we're on the point thing. No, I totally agree with you. Um, maybe you don't have an, an immediate answer to this. Maybe you do. So far, 10 games or thereabouts into the season. What's maybe one or two of the bigger storylines that uh, you're seeing develop? Um. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's several uh, on the team level. I look at, like, the Mets, 7-3. and three, They're the only team in the East over 500. Not that big of a deal yet. I mean, the Braves are only two and a half games out, and they're getting Ron Lacuna Jr. back. I mean, he goes on the... Rehab assignment starting tomorrow, so by no means is that over. But I think the Mets is a notable start because they're really close to ten and zero, or at least nine and one. I mean, they blew two games that they had in the bag in the eighth inning, and the other game they lost in a close one. So they're they're really close. To, and you know, Jacob Degrom's hurt. Maybe they get him back at some point. Looks pretty good. The main one to me though is the Giants. Yeah, uh, there they are last again. You're 107 wins. You can't really luke your way to 107 wins i think even if they felt like more like a 95 win team even if they came back to earth to that it's still 95 wins you know and even if they lost 20 games off there that's 87 wins that's a playoff team well they're seven and two and it seems like they have a system here where we're not going out and getting the big names what their biggest splash i think was carlos rodon by the way which looks like a huge splash so far um but they, they, they have something going where they seem to be able to get the most out of their players, and it looks sustainable. And the most fun thing to me is it looks like the Dodgers and Giants, and this was a the theme of my power rankings intro that came out today. That You know, and I hardly will ever drop, drop something like that <laughs> on you guys, but it seems fitting. They're like the yin to each other's yang there. Like you've got the Dodgers with all that star power. They're going to go out and make the big splash in free agency every single year. 
the Giants are content to not do that and to just go out and get a bunch of lesser names and get the absolute most out of them. And look, they're both 7-2 and two right now. And the Giants and the Mets begin a series tonight oh, at City Field. Yeah, not bad. Go ahead, Trent. Sorry. Well, we've gone to the top end of the Giants. I'm with you. It's such a surprise to start there on. I thought there was going to be some pretty major regression mm-hmm. this year and a week and a half in. Yeah. That certainly has not been the case with this squad. Let's go to the other end. Who's the most disappointing team in your mind in baseball? We figured, yeah, the Reds, they sold off all the pieces. They were going to struggle. The D-backs, you know, they're going through a rebuild. But national, same kind of thing. Who's the biggest disappointment that you had? Real expectations for 10 games in. I mean, there there haven't been any huge ones. Maybe after the 2-0 start with the Phillies, you know, with Mm -hmm. with that lineup, they added Schwarber and Cassianos. Last year, they were kind of, uh, I believe if there were six seeds, they, were, they would have only been one game out of the second wild card. So then they start 2-0. and Well, they've, they've lost six of eight since then and look mostly terrible in doing so. So they're there. I, I think you have to go with the Rays. Given their schedule, they started 3-0 against the Orioles. Right. Uh, but then they lost 3-4 to the A's. They lost 2-3 of three to a very good White Sox team. But it's, it's one of those things like after you get up to that start and then the Yankees, you know, you win two of three against the Red Sox. You split against the Blue Jays. Not too bad. But then they go to Baltimore and they lose two of three. So I don't think on the whole anybody's been really terrible that you thought would be a contender. But uh, those teams, after like kind of quick starts, looked pretty bad since then. Maybe Trent, and I'm sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> no. wins if they don't pull out today, although mm-hmm. you're you know up 4 nothing in the fourth right now. I think if you're four and six, that's not horrible. But if they found a way to lose today and they're three and seven, that yeah. you, they might qualify. And I didn't bring this up early in the show because I wanted <sighs> to start our week on the right foot, and I did want to have my partner to be down. Here it in comes. The I mean, he lasted what? Was it eight games? Yeah. Seven games. Seven. Byron Buxton. What? What are you hearing? Is it? Is it serious? Or is there? I mean, they're saying the right things, but we're talking about Buxton yeah. here. What? What's the latest, Matt? Well, I mean, it didn't look horrible. But, I mean, a lot of times when it's non-contact and somebody cuts or something and it's, it's non-contact and they look like they're very aggravated, it, they did end up tearing something. I feel like if you would have torn something, though, we would have known already. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm inclined to take them at their word in that he's probably not going to miss that much time because while he has been hurt a lot in the past, we don't have a ton of, like, misleading or lying, you know, where it's like, oh, he's only going to miss a few days, and then that turned into three weeks or whatever. So I I feel like if it was anyone else, we would just say, oh, he'll be back in a few more days. Then again, it is Buxton. So I understand how how people's minds would race and everything. But this might be just a few days, and maybe we're just conditioned that since it's him to fear the worst. It was a pretty innocuous play. Yeah. little flare out to the outfield. He goes, he... Realize, oh, I gotta kick it on here because this thing's gonna drop, and he slides and he gets hurt. And well, the wave- and, and here's the thing, and I know this is not, I, I it's not gonna earn me a medical degree anytime <laughs> soon. But since it was a leg injury, the way he jumped up and he kind of hopped on both feet, yep. you know, didn't that seem like kind of a good sign? I, I mean, I, I know I, I've torn my ACL before, and you can definitely walk on it, but it hurts really bad. But I sure as heck wasn't jumping up and hopping on it, so. I kind of feel like it wasn't horrible just because of the way he kind of hopped on both legs instead of favoring any. So we go from the team that I root for to the team that you root for, the Chicago Cubs. It's been a decent start. Yep. They're 5-4. and yep. four. They're hanging around. They're, they're showing some positivity. 
your takeaway here, a week and a half in for the Cubs, a team, maybe they can hang around for a while? Yeah, I think this is a, maybe about what you're going to see. You know, you, you'll go into Pittsburgh and split games and think, hey, the Pirates are terrible. Maybe we should have swept both. Uh, but, you know, you go and you get two or three at home against the Brewers. That's a good series. You go into Colorado where, by the way, the Rockets were one of the best home teams in baseball last year, and they won two of three from the Dodgers to start the season. Those are the only two Dodgers losses so far, by the way. Wow. And the Cubs win two out of four there. And you kind of feel like, man, if you're the Cubs, you think, man, we probably should have gotten Friday too. Um, so I think this looks like it's probably what you, you might see all year. There's going to be some hills. There's going to be some valleys. It's probably a mostly mediocre team, but they're going to get some series. They're going to make it fun. And uh, it's an adjustment for sure from the last several years because they don't hit that many home runs. They make a lot of contact. They hit a lot more ground balls. Now, they have the highest average in on-base percentage and OPS in baseball. That That's Coors. They, you know, four of the nine games they played so far were in Coors Field. That's also kind of a product of putting it in play, hitting a lot of line drives and ground balls. But the flip side to that is they lead the majors in double plays. So if any Cubs fans are mm. listening, and no, it was not just anecdotal evidence. It was not just you getting mad in the middle of rallies. Yes, they lead the majors and grounded into double plays. So I think it's probably something that's going to continue. If you have that much traffic and you hit that many ground balls, that's just going to happen. Yeah, and it's 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 a different team to watch, right, from what we're used to. Um, yeah. David Robertson's been really good in the closer role. He uh, closed, uh, saved another game yesterday in Colorado. You look around, you got Nick Madrigal, and he had a nice game yesterday. Wisdom's come to life. He was there last year, of course. But Rafael Ortega and Fraser and Hermosillo, um I'm, I'm sure I'm a Suzuki, who looks like maybe he's the rookie of the year in the yeah. National League to start yeah, himself too, so far. Yeah. right? But it's just a different Jan Gomes backing up Luis Contreras. It's just a different roster. It takes some getting used to, but you know if they can play flirt with 500 baseball, I think Cubs fans would they be okay with that? I think so. Yeah, I, I think it would be progress. You know, is 71 and 91 last year, and that was after being in first place in late June. So it was quite the collapse. And right. if, Forgot about if that. you look at the goal is next year or the year after that, and you're playing around 500 ball and you would think doesn't mean they're going to, but you would think they would have a ton of money to spend here in free agency the next two years. Maybe they get some player development from all the trades they made. I think that a lot of people would say in 81 and 80 season, 82 and 80, mm-hmm. or 80, uh, 80 and 82 would say, Hey, it looks like, this is the start of something good. So, yeah, I, I think that most people would be okay with that. And I never mentioned VR, and he's off to a great start. No doubt. Let's go to oh, the yeah. top of that division, at least what we thought coming into the year. Brewers-Cubs, they collide over the weekend. Takeaway from both of those teams. And I saw in your power rankings, early returns, yes, but the new manager, Oliver Marmol, a lot of good things. I heard him talk a little bit last week. I walked away impressed, certainly listening to him. Your thoughts on the cards and brews and the new man at the top for St. Louis? Yeah, I like him a lot. I, I it's again, it's only eight games. I mean, they, the Cardinals have had a couple rainouts, but uh, they and they, you don't know if they played that great of a schedule. I mean, they beat two the Pirates two or three. They only had one game against the Royals, thanks to a rainout before they're splitting four games in Milwaukee. So it's hard to get a grasp on how good they are. I think that they're a pretty good team. They'll need to get the rotation figured out, especially with Flaherty hurt. Hudson looked bad. Matt did bounce back after his disastrous first outing, but that's at least a question mark. Behind Wainwright and Nicholas, and I mean Wainwright's forty, 
So it's, you know, are are they really going to be able to to stretch out Hicks and move him into a starting role? There are question marks in the rotation for sure, but it's a talented bunch. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll reiterate, I really like Marmol. I think he he was a great hire. Uh, In that division, in that series, the Brewers, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I still expect, even though their numbers are terrible right now with Peralta and Woodruff, Burns did bounce back with his second outing. I still expect those three to be really good. Hauser's looked pretty good so far, too. Their rotation should be good. You know the bullpen's going to be good, even mm-hmm. if it's not as deep as it's, we've been accustomed to. But I don't know about that offense, man. I, I just yep. – Yelich, uh, he, they kind of need him to make it go with as thin as that offense is, and he's still just pounding the ball into the ground or striking out. So I, I, that offense is a major question mark to me. Their pitching's good enough to – to probably be better than the Cubs, but I, I feel like the Cardinals are definitely the best team in the division right now. I, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Uh, and when it comes to Yelich, it reminds me of Jason Hayward. You know, pounding mm. the ball into the ground or swinging and missing. And real- how, how, who would have ever thought that you could make a statement like that? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, both good you know, defensively, I, but yeah. um, but but offense just uh, – I'm with you. The Cardinals, to me, right now, if, uh, if I zoom power rankings in that division – uh, they they would be on top of it at least for the time being. Can I get a selfish one in here? Your thoughts on yeah, Toronto? They struggled against Oakland. I mean, Oakland gave them all they wanted yeah. this weekend. Um, I don't know. I mean, Ryu has not been good by any means. Gossman has been. Eh. Um, I don't know. There's 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 what's what's missing. Well, Biggio looks like he needs to go to Buffalo. He's he's a Triple A player. Yeah, he's and, bad. He's really bad. Uh, of the three. Um, you know, their dad played in the majors. Guerrero's a superstar, and Bichette's really good, too. But Bijou, not so much. Your thoughts on the Blue Jays and the AFC East in particular? Can, it, can I make you feel better? Please. It, what, what do you say? General baseball mindset. Win series at home, yep. put on the road, right? Yep. They took two of three from the Rangers at home. Even if they got pushed more than you thought they would, they still took two of three. They took two of three from the A's at home, even if they got pushed more than you wanted. They split in New York against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. They've done everything they're supposed to do right now. And uh, six and four, you you shouldn't do paces yet, but if you put six and four in perspective, that's a 97 one pace. That should do Uh, it. So I think if you're a little (laughs) bit like, oh, no, they're not as good as I thought they would be, but they're playing like a 97 win team and they're taking care of business and doing what they're supposed to do, that speaks to how much talent they have and what your expectations were. And the ball, um, when the ball, when it comes off Guerrero's back, it just sounds different. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It just sounds different. And look, Hernandez is hurt. Yep. Her, Ryu might be washed up. Yeah, he's I think 35, he is. But he's going on the IL, you know, maybe to get something out of him. Overall, I think Gossman has been pretty good, just a few bumps. Manoa looks great. Yep. Barrios is going to be fine. He's 28 years old. It's the start of the year. It was a shortened spring training. He's going to be fine. Um, I, I think overall they're in, they're in good shape. Not great, not amazing, but pretty good shape. They'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be yeah, all right I over agree. there. With the Blue Jays. So we're a week and a half in, and it's a small sample size. Look, if this was 10 days in June, the conversations would be much different. We overreact to what we see early on, certainly. But it feels like, and I don't have any data, you might be the guy to go to, Matt Snyder, that has it, that the pace of baseball is quickened. And we talked Mm. about the catchers and having the little device on their arm and getting the pitches in quicker. It feels when I watch games, and games that... I don't have a rooting interest in or a betting interest in. 
that the games are moving along a little Is bit quicker. Is there such a thing? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> what are you seeing, pace-wise? Has it borne out in terms of numbers, or is it just anecdotal? Anecdotal. I hadn't even thought about I it. I hadn't either. Mentioned it. I, I think maybe, yeah, I, maybe most of the pitching, it does seem like it's quicker uh-huh. now that you mention it. Um, the only thing is, I wonder, I, I feel like maybe they messed with the balls again, and oh. so offense is down. Um, but again, it's such a small sample. Yeah. Maybe it's just April and it's short of spring training, so we need to get a look at it. But remember, they, they came under so much fire for messing with the baseballs and, and then being juiced in 2019. And then, you know, the reports came out that, well, the primetime games, they juice the balls more than the, than the non-primetime games. Well, now they're probably trying to get them all uniform so they don't come under fire. I don't know. It, it feels a little bit more dead. It feels a little bit more, okay, let's say right now, the Twins are up 4 nothing to the Red Sox. To me, more than years past, it feels a little more insurmountable. And that's with a good mm. Red Sox offense in Fenway Park. It's just a feel. I could totally be wrong. Uh, did you have you seen the K Rod cast uh, the alternate su- su- Sunday night baseball? Have you seen any of it? No, no, I have not. I, I have seen. Uh, it doesn't seem like the people on Twitter like it much. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but no, I no, I I don't uh, I don't care for A Rod much on broadcast, so I don't. I, I it's probably not for me. I watched a little bit of it just to get a feel for it, and it's a far cry from the from the Mannings. <laughs> I mean, a far. Well, that's cry. The, that's the problem is that that's so good, and those right. guys have such good personalities. And since they're brothers, they're going to have a million inside jokes and know how yep. to play off each other anyway. And these two don't. And and so, Michael yeah. K wants to do play by play. I mean, that's what that's uh, every time I've, I've gone over. He's like doing the play-by-play, um, and I don't think See, that's, that's what's that's supposed what, to be all. Well, that's one of the things that makes that main cast great is they don't do that crap. Right. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be different. It's not just, hey, here's a different play-by-play announcer and a different color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't sound great. I'm going to give you a team to watch outside of your top ten. All right. Uh, I watched them last night. Uh, you Darvish was terrific. Yeah. The Padres, when they get healthy... I think they're yeah. gonna, and look at the Giants are off to a great start. They're a great start. Uh, none, neither one of us saw it coming. And the Dodgers are the Dodgers. But this Padres team, I think, has got a chance to be sneaky good and a real manager. Well, and a real manager. Uh, yes, yes, that's a big part of it. Yeah. There's three wild card teams now, so there's plenty of room for the West to get uh, three or nah, not four. The Rockies aren't going to be good enough, but there's plenty of room for the West to get three teams in. And I agree. I think that's and and you know it, it's not just Tatis. He's a big one. Mm-hmm. You get him back, that's going to be a big boost. Clevenger, like Snell. For one of the best teams in the league. But, yeah, you look at the rotation, they're going to get healthier there. They're going to get good experience for guys like Nick Martinez, who just came back over uh, from, sorry, it was either Korea or Japan. It slips my mind which one it was. Um, and, and they're going to get Mackenzie Gore is getting experience now. They're going to end up with, great rotation depth in addition to the talent they have in the rotation. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. If you like baseball, you should read his work at CBSSports.com. His power rankings are out. Where does your team rank? CBSSports.com. Matt, we will uh, talk with you in a week. Thanks very much. Appreciate it, as always.
All right, take care, guys. Good to talk to you. Matt Snyder as we go around the diamond each and every Monday with Matt at 11.05. Scott Dockerman coming up next. The future of the Big Ten media rights. They will apparently be decided by Memorial Day. We'll pick Doc's brain on that. Got a good piece on Kerner and Eisworth as well. Let's try to give away a million dollars. No, no, not a million. How about a thousand? Okay, that's fair. Let's do it. Uh, Go to kxno.com. KXNO.com. It's your opportunity to hit a $1,000 home run. The keyword is that ball leaving the ballpark. Isn't it fun? Fun at KXNO.com. Fun. KXNO.com. Scott Dockerman next. Miller and Condon. On a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. The NBA playoffs means next-level basketball. Get in on the first-round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers. That's right, you new customers. You bet $5 on any team to win, and they get 150 bucks in free bets instantly, no matter what. That's not bad. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. I've hit two of these so far, uh, dating back to last week in the play-in round. You can buy multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, each day of the first round, this is what I love, you get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code, very important here, folks, KXNO. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their first-round playoff game, and you get $150 in free bets instantly. Again, the promo code KXNO at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 or older. Iowa-only new customers-only restrictions apply. The minimum is a $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800- That Emory sent you. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Just past 1130 on a Monday. The keyword for this hour at KXNO.com is fun. KXNO.com fun. Your chance to hit a $1,000 home run. Scott Darkerman from The Athletic is is with us. Got a good piece on uh, Jack Kerner and Greg Eisworth. Neither one of those two uh, invited to the Combine, but they're trying to hear their name called in the draft or at least get a foothold. All they want, uh, Doc spells out in the article, is an opportunity. We'll get to that. Big Ten scheduling uh, as well um, as far as media rights. But, Doc, I want to start with this. First of all, uh, good morning. Uh, Thank you, as always, for coming on. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys? Doing well, Doc. There's a a story. It's it's an Iowa State, uh, at least, flavor of the week right now. Uh, But obviously, it could expand. We're talking about Tyrese Hunter and the rumors out there that, you know, he's uh, going to enter the portal and there's potentially a half a million dollar landing spot out there for him with NIL money. And Trent made a really good point that, yes, it was here, but, you know, when it was Yesufu leaving Drake or uh, somebody leaving uh, you and I, it really didn't move our needle because Iowa and Iowa State, if it's not centric to them, kind of, because you know, they mean so much for our business, right? But now that it is, let's say Keegan Murray um, wanted to play with his brother, and but... North Carolina, who's looking for a replacement for Brady Manick, there's $750,000 for him at North Carolina. That would get everybody's attention. Doc, 
this, when, when it came into the play, I thought, good for these kids. Get as much as they can. I still believe that. I was completely out of touch by how much money there's going to be. When is too much too much, and, and how, what is this going to do for college sports? Well, I think you look at it, and this is the, this is the cost of the NCAA standing on shaky ground all these years and deciding to fight something that wasn't going to win. And even when you could see the, the tsunami coming the other way, that instead of trying to enact any kind of uh, changes or rules or regulations, that they failed so miserably that they lost 9-0 and in the most partisan Supreme Court in uh, United States history. So I think right now this is, the, this is what happens. And where it's going to go, I don't know. I mean, I think right now you're looking at the differences between schools and, and their supporters that have uh, you know, collectives already underway and, and the ability to, to round up boosters to pay for them. And, and I think Iowa and Iowa State will get there. It might be a year or two away. But, but it's, it's got interesting ramifications, big picture. I mean, when you might have donors deciding, I'd rather pay for a collective and the student-athletes than, than for the sports or donate to the athletics department instead. I, I mean, uh, so this is, uh, this is troubling, of course. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree to that. But I don't know that there's anything that we can do that can be done to change course because right now, uh, this is the way it is, and uh, and the NCAA is so weak and emasculated. There's just no way that it can ever uh, get get in position to make any kind of rules at this point. From an Iowa perspective, there's been talk about a, a collective forming, what that means, what they can do with it. They're behind already compared to some of the other athletic departments out there. Tennessee, they're paying through the nose. Texas A&M, these kind of programs already have things in place. What are you hearing on that front, and how quickly – can Iowa get out there and get something to, to keep up with the rest of the programs that are already deep into this? There's a lot of discussion right now, and that's kind of where it's at. Um, the, the athletics department on, you know, with Gary Barda and, and the coaches, that they've discussed it with some donors. It hasn't been finalized yet. My anticipation is it will be fairly soon. But, um, but what we're seeing is that – you know, there's there's going to be an, a market for a lot of athletes, especially ones at the higher level. I'm really anxious to see what this means for, you know, incoming recruits, for, for players who are there. I mean, what's going to be the up and down uh, yo-yo type of, of revenue? I mean, if if you're a third string and you're a junior, do you will anybody even pay you anymore? I mean, so uh, right now at, at Iowa, it's um, – it's advancing, but it's not there. And yes, as you said, they're falling behind every second that they're not doing this because, I mean, we just saw, you know, Kyler Casper landed at Oregon with a significant NIL deal. I know that was part of it. Yeah. And so Iowa's going to have to get get in this game or, or you're going to lose recruits. And as we know, one recruit could be the difference between third and 10, a holding penalty <laughs> or a first down. And that could be the difference between winning and going to Indianapolis or going to the Outback Bowl. And, and we've seen the, the kid that just committed from the state of California, quarterback, is committed to the Vols in Tennessee. He's getting millions of dollars, apparently. I don't know how... I, uh, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. It was eye-opening to me today. Anyways, Doc, let's move on. The Big Ten media rights apparently are going to be decided who is going to share along with Fox and the Big Ten Network. Uh, and we should know by the end of May, according to John Oran from Sports Business Journal, Trent? 
Yes. Yeah, Sports Business Journal. He thinks by the end of May we'll know if it's NBC's going to get um, a game to go along with Notre Dame, so they'd have a doubleheader. Uh, the 2.30 window on CBS is is open uh, starting at the end of next year. How's this going to shake out, Doc? What are you hearing about media rights uh, and how quickly this is going to be determined, uh, potentially within the next month? Yeah, I think it will be. I mean, next month you have a couple of different big Big Ten meetings, uh, one in Chicago and one in, uh, in Phoenix area. And I'm sure that a lot of this is going to get heavily discussed and then possibly ironed out. It does not surprise me in the least that Fox is going to hang on to their priority rights. I mean, it's been a boon for Fox. It's turned them from being a, uh, really a no player at all in college football to to be in a primary, uh, you know, if not the second voice next to uh, ESPN in college sports. So, yeah, I would expect that. Plus, president of Fox Sports is Mark Silverman, and he was ahead of the BTN for more than 10 years. So I, I kind of get why he's in the room, as John reported, uh, because he can kind of help it, help it out. Now, what kind of agreements, what kind of work are they going to do? I'm anxious to see. You know, uh, there's the, the, as you said, NBC, whether it teams up with Notre Dame, um, and how is that going to run versus, uh, you know, what happens with, you know, CBS and the SEC game of the week? I know they're going to want that 230 window. Um, you know, but Fox is the primary, uh, rights holder is not going to want to give up its number one game of the week or whatever most weekends on that, uh, big noon kickoff. So, uh, it'll be fascinating to see how this all plays out, but, I wouldn't be surprised at all if if ESPN has no piece of Big Ten uh, come 2023. If that's the case, uh, I I think that's a bad move for the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. I know it's very SEC-centric, and I know how frustrating that can be. But college game day, it's what you flip on. When you want to hear people talk about college football, it's ESPN. And to become a non-entity on that channel, I think that would be a mistake, Doc. I'm sure I'm not alone there. Even if it's a, a lesser deal, not financially what you can get, from somebody else, you got to stay in business with ESPN for the for the good of the conference, don't you? I used to think that, but I don't necessarily do anymore. I think the Big Ten is bigger than ESPN, and that wasn't the case mm-hmm. in the past. And I mean, the Big Ten and the SEC have kind of separated themselves, certainly financially, and certainly with the voice of college football. So, if the Big Ten goes to Fox, Fox's big noon kickoff show is um, is made ground. On College Game Day, I wouldn't anticipate College Game Day continuing to be its uh, the the powerful entity that it once was. So I don't know that that's the wrong move. And if you're going to make um, upwards of a hundred million dollars a year, which could happen for each school, then I, I don't see any problem with it. Uh, now, you know, one of the concerns you always have is deals with the college football playoff. That's going to expand at some point. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be a couple of years down the road, obviously to twenty twenty six, but. I don't think you have to worry um, about ESPN's undue influence. I mean, ESPN is has kind of shown its colors to be all in on the SEC and and less so on uh, the Big Twelve and the Big Ten. So I, I think the Big Ten will will do what's in its best interest, and I don't think it'll be a wrong decision, whatever 
path it decides to go. Doc, your piece uh, that was published today at The Athletic, uh, as we get closer to the draft, of course, round number one is a week from Thursday night. Las Vegas, the Bellagio, and the fountains of the Bellagio should be a spectacular uh, television. Uh, we shall see if it uh, comes close to what they think it uh, but that promises to be. But re- regardless of that, uh, your piece on Jack Kerner and Greg Eyes were two kids that had really good careers, at, respectively, at Iowa and Iowa State. Neither one, as you pointed out, was invited to the Combine. Eisworth had some uh, injuries that really prevented him from showing his stuff at the uh, Iowa State Pro Day. All they're both asking for is a chance, Doc. I'm assuming they'll get invited to a camp of nothing else as a free agent. What's the likelihood of, of uh, NFL future for either one of them? They'll have a shot. I think that's really going to end up being the case. I mean, with like Eisworth tweaking his hamstring, a week before Iowa State's pro day was really tough for him because when he ran a four eight nine, you're not going to camp with anybody if you're a safety. Now he came back and ran, I think it was like four six one or four six zero at the Dallas uh, workout. So I think he did okay there, and and both of them at worst will get signed within minutes of the draft concluding. But I think they both have uh, a mix between good athletic ability, toughness. And also the intangibles that any team would really love to have. I mean, they're, you know, multi-year starters. In, in Eisworth's case, a four-year starter with three first-team all-conference honors. You look at Kerner, you know, former walk-on. It started for three years and, and a, a really a hard hitter and has really good speed. So, I mean, I anticipate both of them getting their opportunities. Now, whether they stick or not, that, that's hard to predict. And, um, usually it depends on everything from salary cap ramifications to injuries. And, you know, I would not say I give them a sure shot at sticking with the team, but I do think that they've got the opportunity that if, even if they don't make the final roster, that they can make it a practice team. I think they're valuable there. And, and again, their, their heads and their intangibles are so far off the charts that I think that both of them will, will have an opportunity to, to, to play football, at least for a few years. Mr. T-Rex Arms, Tyler Linderbaum, still <laughs> has a chance to be a first-round pick. Who is Iowa's next first-round pick, though, after Linderbaum? Uh, oh, my. Man, <laughs> you put me on the spot here. i yes. got to like, mentally circle around all 22 <laughs> positions and stuff. I mean, I, my guess is it's probably going to be Jack Campbell. Okay. And uh, Jack is... Uh, you know, uh, he, he tips the field. He's a better he's a better player than I think any of us really anticipated. Yep. And um, if you like him, you're going to love him just because of his length, his size, his strike, short range striking ability, um, his playmaking skills, just his attitude. He's just so much there. But you know, a couple others that I think may enter that conversation or get close to it would be Sam Laporta. And, and Justin Jacobs, I think they could both be second, third rounders. Riley Moss will probably be a, a draft pick next year. And, uh, you know, now getting deeper, it's kind of hard to, to talk about guys like a YA Black or Connor Colby. They're still pretty young in their development, and Lucas Van Ness. But I, I think they all have those possibilities. It's just a ways off. And, of course, uh, Xavier Wampa. I think uh, he might get there, too, at some point. Absolutely. But you're both missing the obvious answer. It's Brody Brecht. It's just the wrong sport. I got (laughs) you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, great stuff. Uh, We will uh, recap the spring game 945 on Saturday, correct? 
Yeah, an early one. So hopefully it's uh, not very windy. Bright and early. Well, yeah, this has been unbelievable, the wind in Iowa this uh, last couple of months. Anyways, Doc, thank you, Scott Dockerman. Appreciate it. All right, have a good one, guys. You do the same. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic as we catch up on Iowa. We'll come back. Trent's play of the day. Three basketball games tonight. Yeah, Three, three. of them. I'm assuming something will catch his fancy. We'll find out when we come back. It's Miller and Condon. We are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Discount savings at enrollment. With the first pick in the 2022 KXNO Mock Draft, Graphite Construction Group selects you. That's right. We're doing it again. Join the Sports Fanatics and Graphite Construction Group as we broadcast live Wednesday, April 27th from Ken's in the lower level of the Iowa Tap Room for an interactive mock draft. Rep your team, make the selection, and announce it live on air. And when you make the pick, I'll be there alongside Graphite's Russ Carew to provide analysis and breakdown. Come join us for a fun afternoon of football talk, drinks and apps, and a chance to win some great door prizes. Wednesday, April 27th at Ken's. Not so secret speakies. Want to build it better with us? Graphite Construction Group is hiring. From carpenters, general laborers, to supers and PMs, we're growing and need to add to our team. Apply online at graphitegrp.com. And we'll see you Wednesday, April 27th for the KXNO Graphite Construction Group Hot Draft. Graphite Construction Group. HouseIowa.com. Get in on the act with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day, presented by Circus Sports Iowa. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Circus Sports, Trent's Play of the Day momentarily. This is from Matthew Bain from the Des Moines Register, a tweet uh, within the last uh, hour or so. Iowa State point guard Tyrese Hunter expected to release a statement later today, his high school coach tells him. So, so was it? Uh, one it's of not those... coming through the Iowa State athletic department. No, it's department. not. Uh, um, I love my time at Ames. I love my teammates at Ames. I love the fan base at Ames. I'll always be a Cyclone. With that being said, right? I am entering the transfer portal. Right. Uh, and will it be to find another home or keeping the door open to returning? That is still to be seen. I don't know. Maybe that's um, an impetus for somebody to step up. I-, I would love to know how much the going rate is at Iowa State or Iowa. Mm-hmm. For a player of his caliber, um, didn't know we'd get here, but here we are. All right, let's make Trent. Maybe you can help one of those boosters. <laughs> let's see what we can you do. Make a boatload of cash and help out here. What are you going to do? Circus Sports sponsors Trent's play of the day. We got five plays here today: three baseball, two in the NBA. I'm playing the Raptors tonight. I think they got to bounce really? back in them as bad as they looked. Zigzag theory upon us. Scotty Barnes is out. Seven and a half is what I'm getting. Also going to play Dallas back at home, getting five and a half. No Luka tonight, but I will jump on that one. So two dogs in the NBA. Baseball tonight. Give me the D-backs. Plus 126 at Washington. Like the pitching matchup there. think the better side is Arizona. I'm getting plus money. Get a late with Houston tonight. Minus 142 against the Angels. Cubs raise tonight. Mm. You ready for this one? We're playing first five. We're playing under four and a half runs 
in the first five innings. Hendricks bounces back after a bad start last time. Cold weather, under four and a half for the first five. All right. Well, we will uh, have another opportunity. We'll grade your report card here tomorrow. Murph and Addy coming up at 1, the Fanatics at 3. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays from 10 to noon. Thanks for being with us on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.